Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about a little independent film called The Rest of Us. It follows a student's resilience in the face of a mental health crisis on a college campus set in fall of 2001 at Blair University. A motley crew of college students spring into action when forced to face a campus-wide mental health crisis. The film follows Amy, an introverted engineering student whose resistance and resilience provides inspiration to those who are left behind. Now, this this movie is actually directed by Linda G. Mills. It has writers Laura Moss, Richard Perez Gonzalez, stars Amanda Debros, Layla Robbins, Preston Martin, Peter Mark Kendall, Angela Scaffin, Mars Williams, and Rafi Barsemian. And I'm sorry if I mis- um, mispronounced your name. I do apologize for that. Um, this is also produced by Beth Davenport, David Comor, Mary Stewart, uh, Madison, and Hedea Cesar. And what I'm going to tell you is this. I really enjoyed this film a lot. It's impactful. It's also inspirational. Not only is it inspirational, but it actually hits you where it needs to be hit at. It, this movie is smart. It knows what it is. It knows that what certain people are actually dealing with when it comes down to suicide and racial profiling and stuff like that. And this movie, to me, is just fantastic. It hits at all levels. On an emotional level, it's relatable. The characters are smart. The writing is very smart in this film. I have to give credit to the writers as well, as well as the actors uh, that's portraying these characters because of the that the characters become very relatable to the point where you can probably say that, you know, maybe you dealt with some, some things that the characters are actually dealing with and things like that. Also too, if you have suicide thoughts and suicide tendencies, go ahead, reach out to the suicide hotline. That's actually scrolling below this right now at 1-800-273-8255 just to go ahead and put a little disclaimer here for this. Um, but yeah, the rest of us is a very good movie. I really enjoy this film. I'm, I'm glad that I actually had the privilege to review, to actually watch this film and not only to watch this film, but to actually review this film. And like I said, this movie takes place in 2001 and basically it hits you right where nine 11 happens. And I remember, being in driver's day when 9-11 happened, but this is actually one of those movies where it's like, well, do you remember where you were when 9-11 happened? How did it actually impact you as a person? And for these college students in 2001, watching the planes go into the Twin Towers, seeing how they're actually impacted from that. And then also, too, exploring their own adventures in this film is a very smart way of actually handling certain things at this college campus and stuff like that on how they actually handle mental health, how they handle the students and stuff like that. Not only that, but how the students actually have to go ahead and figure out how to actually cope with people that commit suicide and also dealing with racial profiling at the same time. But like I said, um, Amy is one of those characters that I really have to admire because she's actually going into college for telecommunications or wireless communications, somewhere around that level. And at first, you know, in 2001, the stuff that she wants to do with technology has not even been invented yet. And it's just crazy to think that the technology that she wants to make actually is technology that we have now in 2021. But, you know, at 
whenever it first starts off, it starts off with her wanting to do her thesis and everything. And she feels like a sales pitch rather than her talking about her thesis. And as a matter of fact, she even acknowledges the fact that she feels like a sales rep rather than talking about her thesis and explaining what her thesis actually is. And then also, too, you're also I like how it actually breaks away from Amy and then it cuts into Calvin's character. And Calvin's not doing well academically. It's like he's not applying himself. He's trying to figure out what his thesis is going to be on. And then also, too, the dean is actually trying to pressure him and motivate him into doing an thesis project. And he doesn't know what exactly what his thesis project actually is until we actually get later on into the film. But that being said, I have to say, I really like the whole entire 9-11 aspect to this film as a throwback as to how people handled mental health during that time and also to the memorial of the 9-11 victims and about how the college campuses during that 2011 time period how they were actually affected by 9-11 and then also too this is also the day and age of free cell phones and also to nokia's uh cell phones as well so there's a little bit of nostalgia use with whenever you look at the nostalgia factor for it but you know then at that point too amy has a roommate named maddie maddie is one of those people that will actually get on your nerves if you're like an introvert and i can actually feel the presence of amy actually being introvert whenever she goes into her dorm and she's used to being by herself and then here comes maddie who's totally opposite of who amy is as a matter of fact, I, rem I remember watching the film yesterday and, you know, just feeling annoyed with her at first because of the fact that, number one, she has to have an alarm clock to wake up and she doesn't even wake up on time like she's supposed to. And basically, Amy winds up shutting the alarm clock and everything, getting up because she she's getting annoyed because of the fact that Maddie is not even getting up in the first place. So therefore, now she has to get up and shut the alarm clock off. That this is the joys of staying in a dorm, but still, um, then it focuses in on another thing too. With uh, once again with the alarm clock issue with Maddie, um, where she winds up getting up on the weekend, which is no surprise to a college student or whatever. Of course, she's going to wind up getting up, um, wind up waking up on the on the day of on the weekend on time versus going to school. Uh, Amy winds up calling her out on it but then we wind up uh, coming into stacy at this point we wind up seeing stacy for the very first time as well and this is also of course amy's friend and stacy's dealing with her own sexuality exploring her own sexuality while also being with her boyfriend chris chris uh, and her actually show a really close relationship with one another with one another but Here's the thing. You can definitely tell that there's something off with uh, Stacy because of the fact that she's not really truly in love with him. She's actually just being with him because that's the normalcy of everybody ever sees a man and a woman versus two girls or two guys and stuff like that. That's just how society looks at it and everything, too. So she's actually hiding her own sexuality and actually trying to figure out what her own sexuality is. And then she winds up making a move on Amy, and Amy actually feels awkward. At first, I wasn't sure if, she, if Amy was actually feeling her or anything like that. It felt like that she was very awkward, although she is an introvert. But I was wondering, too, if, she, okay, if she's even into girls or anything like that, too. If she's actually dealing with her own emotions and also, too, 
her own and sexuality as well. So that's another factor as, as well that I was thinking of. And then you're also introduced into the classroom area where you're dealing with um, a, a student who happens to be Muslim. And then you also have a teacher who happens to be Muslim as well. And in order for them to actually feel like that they're wanted and everything, they actually have to uh, going ahead and pray down in the basement versus praying with everybody else. And the Muslim girl just says, hey, can I just go on ahead, be excused while you guys pray because of the fact of my own beliefs. So, of course, you know, she winds up going down in the basement. Then he also asked the, the Muslim character too. Here's the thing. I forgot what the Muslim character is, but she's a major part in this film. So is the teacher. I really love the teacher too on how relatable the teacher actually is because he actually cares about his students and he also wants to be there for his students. So that's something else that I really admire because it makes me feel like that was something that was in my high school days and everything too, where we actually have a teacher that actually cares about the students and their well-being and their mental health. So that's some, so that will play on later on. But I can definitely tell with it being 9-11 that there's going to be some racial profiling going on in this, especially whenever they thought every single Muslim was a terrorist, which is actually wrong because all Muslims are not terrorists or anything like that. They're just trying to fit into us, into our society and trying to be better with, with, in our society and trying to figure out what to do in our society and everything. And figure out where they fit in at. And that's just everyday life. Even we're trying to figure out where we fit in at, where we don't fit in at and everything too. And, you know, racial profiling is just wrong on all aspects of it. And it just makes me angry to see that the FBI agents in this film treating this teacher like total crap just because he's a Muslim and everything does not necessarily mean that he's a terrorist or anything like that. You even did a background check on him and stuff like that on his telecommunications and also looked into his background and realized that he's not a terrorist, but yet you're going to treat him as if he's a terrorist, which pisses me off big time. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm glad that this movie actually impacts me the way that it does because it just shows you the beautiful, well, not beautifulness, but it just shows the beauty of the writing in itself and what they are doing in this film. And then also too, um, this is another thing that I want to actually mention too. Amy is wanting to actually come out with this other thing for her thesis project where she's actually wanting to ping uh, something from the moon over from the sun and everything else. And then also, too, you also have, well, that's actually Stacy that's wanting to do that. But Amy is wanting to uh, do this where she wants to actually have some type of emergency alert uh, system going on that will actually alert someone in their um on their cell phones and everything else of danger, storm, stuff like that. And that's actually stuff that we have today. Just think about it. In 2001, we didn't even have that kind of technology or anything like that. And it just fascinates me that we actually have a smart female-led character that's that's into electronics, that's into telecommunications and wireless technology. And that's something that I really feels like that if you're inspired uh, if you're a woman that's looking to get into a field of electronics and stuff like that, 
I think this movie will actually do it for you if you're trying to find some type of inspiration to keep being motivated and keep doing what you want to do in life. But anyways, um, another thing I want to mention is this. Um, okay, the Muslim girl's name is Brenda. I just want to correct myself on that, the Muslim character. Um, but anyways, Callum wants Amy to join the sci-fi club. Amy does not want to join any club. She's an introvert. Introverts will actually say, well, let me go on ahead and look at my schedule. But really, underneath it, they don't want to go. And that's exactly how I am because I used to be an introvert until I got this podcast. And now you can't even get me to shut up even at my work. But, <laughs> you know, that's just a story for another day. But introverts will go on ahead and say, oh, yeah, let me just make sure. Let me just look at my schedule and everything and I'll be there. But really, we're not going to be there because we actually feel uncomfortable. We feel awkward at certain events and everything. And that's exactly how Amy actually fe feels uh, when she's going to this thing. And... You know, I really have to say that once you when once she goes to Calvin's um, sci-fi thing, it turns out that he wants to do do as a thesis on death, on loss, and stuff like that, which is very morbid. But also, too, trying to find that as art as an thesis is kind of interesting, but also kind of like, okay, how are you going to do that? This is the most challenging thing. And then, of course. You know, like I said, there's also exploring the sexuality of Amy and Stacy and stuff like that, too. We're going to get into Amy's uh, sexuality later on in the in the review. But, you know, I just really feel like this actually captures everything that you want to capture. As a matter of fact, Stacy winds up killing herself, which also goes on ahead and dealing and then this is where amy's dealing with the loss of her friend and while Addie is stressing out with college life and passwords and all that other stuff that college students deal with you actually have amy that's dealing with an emotional loss and everything and it's two different conversations right we don't mean to shrug off people that are important in our lives and stuff like that and stuff like that, where someone might be dealing with something a little bit bigger than your password or school or anything like that. But your that that issue might seem bigger than what it actually is. And to me, Maddie's problem it seems smaller than what Amy's going through. To me, Addie should have been there a lot more for Amy in that situation. But maybe she just doesn't know how to actually deal with that kind of situation. So she mainly focuses on her problem, which is the stressing about school being home uh homesick and then also too stressing about the password about the college uh website not able being able to work so that's the three things that um maddie's actually dealing with at the same time that amy's dealing with but like i said i feel like in that situation she should have been there a lot more for her friend but you know it, that scene actually works it's just like everyday life we think that our problems are bigger than somebody else's problems and sometimes we don't just drop our situation and focus on somebody else's situation and that's just the way certain things are but we don't mean to do it it just happens that's how how it actually happens and then we think about it later on maybe i should have actually been there for my friend the way that i should have been for, there for my friend but still overall good scene i really like that scene a lot and then i'm gonna get into 
uh, something else, were actually introduced at that time after the first death of Stacy to Ted Harrison, who has happens to be an ex, um, a counselor, explaining why someone might want to end their life. And to be honest with you, Ted got on my nerves because here's the thing: in 2001, I feel like that we didn't know actually how to deal with mental health how to deal with someone that's struggling with suicide and being depressed. We knew the warning signs, but we didn't actually know how to cope with it. We didn't know how to actually give someone the help that they actually need and everything else. Now, I'm not saying today it's better, but we actually have maybe a little bit more of an understanding of what someone is going through versus during that time. And they act- they have medication and not saying that they didn't have medication in the early 2000s to actually help that. But, you know, the person actually needs to, uh, here's the thing, the person needs to seek help in order to get help. And sometimes people don't want to seek help and stuff like that. They, they see it as a sign of weakness and things like that. But that's the important things of actually getting to know somebody and asking questions about how they're doing and things like that. But I feel like this, this person and everything there's more that you can do just just to give a damn pamphlet to somebody and say look at these warning signs just because those signs are there does not necessarily mean that that's what that is everybody goes into different directions with suicide and depression and stuff like that and you're talking to someone that used to have suicide tendencies back whenever i was in high school and i'm glad that i actually had some friends that was there for me to seek counseling through my guidance counselor who helped me out with that but you know i just that guy just got on my nerves oh here's a pamphlet look for these warning signs right here and no you there's more you can do to just give a pamphlet out and that was just one of those things i'm like oh here comes the pamphlet again when someone else dies i'm like okay here comes ted again with a stupid pamphlet when he could have actually just been there for something for a student and it also makes the college look bad because of the fact that you're not doing anything for anybody's well-being. And then also, too, we're going to get into Maddie whenever she winds up killing herself because of the fact that it reflects the Dean in a big way, too. But we're going to get to that in a few minutes. But this is something that I really find admiring and also foreshadowing. Addie and Calvin and also Amy are sitting outside together. And, you know, Calvin's still trying to struggle with his whole entire thesis project and everything while Addie's talking about this this situation with the grandmother. And what I mean by that is this. Basically, uh, Addie's grandmother always had a smile on her face. And everything acted like nothing really bothered her or anything like that. It's like covering, it's like wearing a mask. It's like you're dying inside, but you have to be happy for somebody else. And you're just doing wear and tear on your own self by trying to be the uh, the strong one and trying to have a smile on your face. And that's something that I really find admirable. And also, too, um, like I mentioned as well, very foreshadowing it's to me that that little piece right there was something that was really heavy and beautiful written to be honest with you um 
And then also, too, we're also dealing with, well, basically Calvin's thesis now is called the science of loss and how to actually deal with loss. And also, too, using the people that have moved on and passed away through suicide, through mental health and stuff like that. And that's going to be played out towards the end of this review as well. I'm not giving you a play-by-play of what everything happened. Just stuff that I found really head-on that I feel like was very impactful for me. Because I actually lost friends to suicide and stuff like that. And this is why I'm actually doing these uh, reviews on mental health and also to help others as well. But anyways, back to the review and everything too. Um... Stacy's mom, uh, the, here's the thing. Stacy's mom doesn't even want a memorial. She wants to remember her daughter for who she is versus just being a memorial service. Also, too, Chris is also dealing with the loss of Stacy as well. At first, I was thinking that maybe the mother might blame Chris for Stacy's suicide, but comes to find out she doesn't actually blame him or anything like that. She does give back all of Chris's belongings that he gave to that. Chris gave to Stacy because that stuff does not belong to Stacy. So she felt like it was actually the right thing to do, but she doesn't want a memorial service or anything like that for her daughter. Chris feels like that he needs to do something extra because of the fact that this person, because Stacy was an important person in his life and he was, and he was in love with her. And so therefore he tries to do a memorial service, I believe. And, you know, I feel like that Chris's mind is in the right place, his heart's in the right place, but it's at the wrong times that he actually uh, presents certain things to the table when he should have just like, okay, you know, that's what you want to do, I'll respect that, I'm just going to go on ahead and handle Stacy's death in my own way, and I'll also try and see, figure out a way to comfort you at the same time that I need comfort. But it's but I also like how Amy calls him out. It's just to make him feel better versus trying to be there for somebody else. And that's something that I really liked about that about Amy, how she calls him out on his own on his own BS because it's not about him uh, about somebody else. It's not about Stacy. It's about him and making him feel better versus making somebody else who is also going through the same thing of trying to move on from Stacy's death. So I thought that was really good. Um, then of course we're dealing with, um, Addie, she's crying in her bed. She's really not really doing that well, to be honest with you. She sits into depression, although we don't really see it, but we actually see her going down to the brush where somebody else committed suicide. As a matter of fact, there's even a danger sign of not going in there. And so we, we see her in about two scenes where she's just going down to this brush and then finally we see a sw- uh, a shirt or a blouse that represents Addie or Maddie. And, you know, that's how I knew that she committed suicide. But also, too, th- I like the fact that they never show the actual bodies or anything like that. They give us little nods here and there as to someone being lost, someone that's passed on. So I like that. I like the fact that they didn't have to show the actual suicide. They they just showed a piece of clothing or something that symbolized that character. And that's a very smart way of actually doing it rather than actually showing the act of suicide. So I really have to say they actually handled that very well. I also like the music in this movie movie as well. I feel like the music is very well 
uh, played and everything throughout the scenes and stuff like that. It hits you on an emotional aspect to it as well. Um, but yeah, then of course, Amy wakes up with an, um, having a nightmare about Maddie and thinking that she killed herself. She's over there texting Matt, Maddie and everything, trying to figure out if she's okay and things like that. She doesn't know that she commit, committed suicide or anything like that. None of us do. As a matter of fact, I remember um, this in the movie. That's crazy. I just saw her yesterday and things like that. She seemed fine. She's And then, of course, she calls her again, texts her again, and her phone is actually in the dorm. So therefore, her keys, her dorm keys were there. Her, everything that belonged to Maddie is there. So therefore, Amy knew right then and there that she's gone. And now she's having to deal with two people's deaths now, not just uh, Stacy, but now Maddie, who was her roommate, who she was actually close to, and trying to figure out a way to cope with that. Then also, too, she's there's also a scene. And I forgot where it's played at, but there's actually, there's medication. Amy's gets up. There's medication there. She's about to get ready for the day. And I'm thinking to myself, is Amy about to offer herself because of the suicides and stuff like that that's reflecting around her, this death that's around her, this bubble that's around her. And I love the bubble aspect. We're going to get into that later on as well. But... I really f thought that maybe she might actually offer herself as well. But Amy's such a strong character, believe it or not. And she's perfectly well developed. And it, she doesn't, they don't focus on the medic medication or anything like that, that she's using or anything like that. And they move away from that whole entire thing. And then it goes into Amy's depression and stuff like that. But I want to also mention this. Remember how I t said earlier about, uh, Maddie's grandmother always having a smile on her face, acting like as if everything is fine when everything is really not fine. It's just a mask somebody wears. Her parents, who were there to get Maddie's stuff, looks at Maddie's picture and says this. Maddie always had a smile on her face. And... Then I, then I realized it's the same reflection that Maddie had for her grandmother and the same reflection that Maddie had for her parents, which makes that even more impactful. And this is just one of those things where it'll hit you in, in your feels in a lot more in an impactful way when you see this played out. Because I know it hit me in an impactful way because everybody wears a mask. And to cover up something. And even Calvin uh, talks about that whenever he goes through his whole entire thesis of signs of loss as well. Whenever you see all these black and white pictures. And you actually see Calvin working on his thesis project. And also, too, not only working on his thesis project, but taking these pictures that he has. Black and white pictures of students and everything else that's on campus that have committed suicide. And developing the pictures not digitally, but through an old, the old-fashioned technique of developing pictures. And you're wondering, what is he doing? What's he up to? And then you realize as far as Science of Lost Project, and he says, I like taking black and white pictures because of the fact that it takes away the mask that everybody wears. It shows the seriousness of them behind the smile, which I really liked. 
So then, of course, uh, this is actually another thing, too, that I want to mention is this. Um, and there's also another person that winds up losing their life is Marcus that loses his life to suicide. And then, of course, more pamphlets gets passed around. Students questioning uh, genetics and DNA. And that's another thing, too. Now we have a thing here now in today's time where they're thinking that genetics is actually part of the reason why some people face suicide is because somebody else is in their genes and stuff like that. And I thought it was actually a very smart way of thinking in 2001 with this writing where as someone is actually questioning if maybe the reason why someone is actually wanting to commit suicide is because maybe it's a genetic type of thing. But it seems like too, the college fails to struggle with any type of questioning when it deals with suicide and stuff like that. It's like, they just want to throw it underneath the door and cover it up, which really pisses me off even more. You have a problem. You're not letting the students in on anything or anything like that you're trying to cover up something and that's not the way to go about it you need to attack this thing head on and try to help these students through this whole entire ordeal that they're going through because you have three deaths in on this college campus and you're not doing crap about it by handing out pamphlets and everything else and that's the job of the mental health teacher and i'm happy about what happens to him later on because of the dean but i also feel like the dean is also responsible for this because even maddie's teachers not, not not maddie's teachers but maddie's parents bring it up to the dean and says this you knew about maddie's condition you knew about her having suicide tendencies you knew about this and you didn't do nothing you knew her background you didn't check on her you don't check on your students you don't do anything and now because of that my daughter is dead Reflecting back on the dean, the dean is taking a hit after a hit because of the mistakes that Ted is doing. But I also feel like, too, the counselor should not the counselor, but the dean should have went on ahead and checked up on Ted and see what he was doing instead of allowing that to continue on with the pamphlets. But anyways, um, then, of course, Chris wants his picture of Stacy back on the. Um, the remembrance wall and stuff like that. And of course the Dean doesn't want to give Chris back the, uh, the picture of Stacy and stuff like that. To me, I think that was a little snobbish of not keeping the students pictures up. I get the fact that what you're wanting to do is at, at that point, I don't really feel like that she was trying to cover anything up. I think she was trying to do what was best for the students. If they actually saw someone that they remembered that ha that uh, committed suicide. Maybe they might actually have suicidal tendencies themselves, but that's just be looking at it in that kind of perspective. But at the same time, too, you can also probably maybe say that maybe you know that maybe she might be brushing it off. But it's hard to say. It's all up into interpretation as far as that goes. And all the all and another thing too is everything I'm saying is up to interpretation. This is a, a subjective movie. So just let's just go on and put it at that. Uh, but um memories of pictures of the lost, not to be oh yeah. And of course, you know, pictures of the lost cannot be posted. Shows the struggle of what every character is going. Now here's the thing. I like how the camera breaks into the scenes go into what all the other students and everything else 
is going through the struggle of someone that is dealing with the loss of their friends and things like that with suicide and things like that. The thing that I'm going to, it's a little small nitpicky thing that I feel like that they should have focused in on. I feel like they should have focused in on Brenda with the whole racial profiling, because I feel like that was another important thing. But I understand that this is dealing with suicide and things like that. But they do such a good job bringing some of that other stuff to the table later on. But I understand the main uh, primary thing is the suicide and stuff like that that's on campus. But we're going to get to this a little bit later. But like I said, a little small nitpicky thing, not much, but still a good movie. Um, then, of course, we're dealing, um, I like the voiceover about Marcus, wishing someone a happy birthday where people are remembering Marcus for who he is, a down-to-earth guy, smiling, making people laugh kind of thing, just memories of their, uh, Marcus and the friendship that Marcus gave everybody. That was something that I really liked about, about that, because it really does feel like it's a realistic type of movie that you can actually relate to and then like i said um then also too there's also um this other thing with the controversy with the college with suicide chris is wondering why now why uh, and everything too college uh covering up and not being there for their students that's another thing i mentioned um also too they actually hold a town hall meeting for the students and stuff like that, which goes haywire and everything, which also leads to the mental health teacher getting fired, which I was actually happy about because I feel like the mental health teacher didn't really help anything. It just caused more chaos and more things that could have been prevented. Then I'm getting to my last and final thing in my notes but amy's moving in another uh is going into another room because she can't deal with maddie not being there stuff like that that's another thing too i like how it starts off where maddie's actually getting on amy's nerves and then they have a bond of friendship later on that closeness and i really love that it just goes to show you first appearances are not always what they really are and there's actually something more beneath the surface when it comes down to friendships and stuff like that. And I love the bond that her and Amy actually have. So anyways, um, Amy's dad is worried about her. She, she's depressed. Her grades are tumbling down. Um, she's not being as active as she usually is in class or anything like that. Her participation's really not, or is being like shot to hell, to be honest with you. But her father is not there to gripe at her about her grades or anything like that. And Amy at first thought that maybe that he was there to actually gripe at her about her grades. But then her father just says, baby girl, I'm not here to argue with you about your grades. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm here for. How are you? What are you doing? Are you okay? I'm worried about you. How's your mental, basically, how are you handling things with the death of your friends? And how can I be there for you? That is a great parent. I really, even though the father was only introduced like only for five minutes of this film, I felt something with the father on an emotional level. And I really love that. That was beautiful. Beautiful writing and smart writing at that. And also too, I want to also mention this. 
he also meets Calvin for the first time, and he thinks that Calvin and her are dating. Calvin is gay in this film. And I love this scene because of the fact there's a little bit of a comical aspect to this underneath all this dark and gray area of depression, of suicide, of the racial profiling of everything else that's going on in this college. But there's this lightheartedness thing that I really liked about it. He goes, I'm gay. And the father goes, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and he goes, well, um, I hope you guys have a good day and things like that. And he goes off and the father's that that's the end of it. But then there's like an awakening in Amy after that, because it shows that somebody actually cares about her. Her father cares about her to the point where she's like, well, you know what? Maybe there is somebody that actually cares about me. And here's another thing though, too. I love the chemistry between Calvin and Amy because they actually have a bond after Maddie dies and everything, they have even more of a stronger bond together. There's even them um, in the library playing around and stuff like that, uh, going through the aisles, staring at, you know, just doing regular young adult um, college kid stuff. But I feel like that that scene really works well. The music really plays out really well in that in that scene. I love the music. The mu- I'm, I'm a huge fan of indie music and stuff like that. So kudos for you guys for choosing that piece of music and everything. So um, so now I'm going to be wrapping this up. Um, so here's another thing. Amy is holding um, basically this. Uh, Maddie's suicide has a suicide note. Calvin winds up finding it in the dean's room office and everything. It takes a picture of it, shows it over to Amy. And then, of course, you know, that's more cover-up. Also, too, I want to mention this, though, too. They misspelled Stacy's name. As a matter of fact, it wasn't, even, it, it wasn't even the dean's fault. It was actually the mental health teacher's fault for misspelling Stacy's name. And so, therefore, the dean doesn't really take... Um, here's the thing. Instead of her placing blame on on the mental health teacher, she takes the blame and hit on herself. And then she says, well, that was an error. I didn't mean to misspell Stacy's name. It wasn't your fault. It was the mental health teacher, but because you're the dean in the face of the college, you're being hit with a whole lot more stuff. And it's even going into the dean's life now. And there's there scenes that I really thought maybe the dean might kill herself too. Because, number one, she calls her daughter up. The daughter's not even answering her phone or anything like that. She just wants to check in with her daughter. There's also her sipping her wine and looking uh, looking out into on the balcony as she's talking, trying to talk to her daughter. There's also another scene where basically all these other kids have actually jumped off of part of the building of the college and stuff like that. And she's contemplating suicide and everything. That's what I thought. But no, it's just her guilt of the of what she's going through and carrying all that other stuff on top of her and having to deal with everyday life of these students uh, offing themselves and blaming herself for it and knowing that she's blaming herself for it. And then, of course, uh, this is also another thing, too. Calvin calls Amy out on uh, pretending that none of them died. Because basically, when something like this happens, we block things out of our minds 
to where we don't try and focus on anything. And this is another thing, too. I really felt Calvin was really there for her. He makes her smoke a little bit of weed to calm her down. Then, next thing you know it, he says, now explain to me what you're going through. And she closes her eyes. She calms herself down. She says, I feel like I'm in a bubble. And everybody outside my bubble is moving along with me. But if I stop, that's when things start to go arrive for me. And I'm not I'm not going for verbatim or anything like that. I'm just paraphrasing and stuff like that. But I really thought that was actually impactful as well. Because she actually feels like she's also carrying the death of her friends with her. And also, too, if she stops moving, she's afraid that she might lose somebody else that's close to her. Maybe Calvin. But Calvin, to me, is one of my favorite characters, despite some of the stuff that he does towards the end of it. He his heart is in the right place. It's just that the way he goes about doing certain things is not the right way to go about it. Especially when you're dealing with his thesis, which I'm going to get to in a few minutes. But Amy does wind up doing her thesis. The teacher winds up loving it. The teacher goes over to Brenda's house to confront her about coming back to school because Brenda quit school. And he thought maybe it was because of the suicides, but instead it's dealing with the racial profiling. Everybody thinks that she's a terrorist. There's the bullying, there's the notes that, and everything else. And the teacher had no clue, but he's also Muslim himself. And then also too, I liked how after the stuff with the FBI, uh, FBI agent and stuff like that, he goes back into the classroom. He goes back into the classroom and he talks to the kids. He's like, so I'm Muslim. That's basically him. Think of someone that's coming out as gay and saying that I'm gay. And then someone that's Muslim coming out and saying, I'm a Muslim. And do you guys have questions for me? Do you guys want to learn about me? Do you guys want to learn about my religion and what I stand for and things like that? I really thought that was a smart way of going about it, of asking the teacher questions. We actually have this one student goes, is this on the test? Is this part of the class he says no but i really thought that was really smart writing whenever you think about it because of the fact that during that time nobody was really wanting to get to know someone that's actually muslim or someone that's different from somebody else and racial profiling really pisses me off because here's the thing i like to learn about other cultures i like to learn about somebody and here's the thing i'm always the type of person that will give somebody a chance and i will see the good in somebody else but anyways, um, so then we actually go into uh, Rena moved out of the college, like I mentioned before. And then after that, Ted become, uh, then after that, we have a fresh perspective and mental help. Uh, the dean fires Ted because of the town hall meeting. And then, of course, this goes into the whole entire thing with Calvin. Uh, whenever, let's see here, with Calvin, with his whole entire deal with his thesis and his thesis winds up backfiring on him because of the fact that the rule of that thesis program clearly said no pictures of the dead. He has a picture of Stacy. On there, which also drives Chris insane, which also pisses Chris off. Chris also calls him a fat, uh, some other words and stuff like that that I'm not even going to even say. 
And then, of course, I love Calvin's response. I'm still here. That's I, I really like that. But focusing on the, the thesis and everything else, the teacher winds up telling him, well, you just graduated. He goes, well, thank you. I'm glad I did. He goes, well, you're suspended. You're done because of what you just pulled. And then that ends the whole entire deal with Calvin. Amy's thesis, she aces. She winds up coming out with a way to actually help somebody with mental health and with telecommunications and stuff like that. I'm not even going to get into all that stuff, but this movie is very well done, perfectly well executed. The characters are something that you can actually care about. The plot line in itself has a meaning to it, which I really love. If you haven't, it, here's the thing. If this movie is a small independent project. It's probably going to be making its way through small independent film festivals and stuff like that. If not, I'm hoping Netflix picks it up or Amazon or somewhere around that, or maybe Hulu or somewhere because this movie, I feel like, is very smart. The writing is very smart in it. Not only is, is the writing very smart, but it's relatable. The characters are very relatable. I enjoy this movie for what it is. I'm glad I got a chance to check this out. If you don't haven't seen uh, this movie or whatever, I strongly recommend that you see The Rest of Us. Go out, support this small film, and that's going to be it for the show. I do appreciate you guys listening to me talk about this film and thank you for the opportunity for me to review this film. All right. So with that being said, guys, go ahead, like this video, share this video with everybody else. If you guys want to show me some love, how do you do that? You just go on ahead to go to our GoFundMe page at uh, GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast. Of course, if you guys want to go on ahead and get an audio only po- uh, video uh, version of this, just go on ahead, go wherever you guys get your podcast from. Also, too, follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook, Movies Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Instagram, Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Pinterest as well. We all, And also, too, go on ahead and follow me at Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. Reach out to me at Movie Lovers Unite at gmail.com. If you're a sponsor or anything like that, that's going to do it for me for the show today. Of course, this is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio. It's an honor and a privilege to do this for you guys and always until next time bye-bye hello movie lovers and welcome to the show this is your host as always from movie lovers unite john DiGorio, and i just want to sit, talk about something real quick and that is audible what is audible i'm so glad that you guys asked audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books ranging from bestsellers like Anne rice stephen king the list just goes on their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on, on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing, too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that, too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person, how-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately, 
and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.